Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of Talking About Our Beautiful Savior podcast. I am Pastor Alex Groth. And I'm Carrie Groth. And what's your role? Staff Minister Carrie Groth. An all-around great person, <laughs> Mrs. Carrie Groth. Thank you. We have, to start off today, we have a special uh, critic is here. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I'm trying to think what some of his credits are. This is very unprofessional. I should have looked up his resume before we started recording. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing. But I believe he's uh, done reviews for uh, the New York Times, I oh, believe. Oh, wow. Um, Probably the Washington Post? Washington Post, I believe, that he left there. There was just some sort of mis- misunderstanding there. Yeah. I don't think that ended well. So we won't ask him any questions uh-huh. about his time at the Post. Uh, I believe the Sacramento Bee is oh, where wow. he got his he cut his teeth, got his start there wow. as a as a critic. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, uh, Mr. Mr. Liam. Liam, oh, hey, it's our critic. So, uh, Mr. Liam, we would like to ask for your review of Vacation Bible School. What did you think of Vacation Bible School this week? Uh, good. Yep, it was it was good. <laughs> Oh, okay. You can um, tell he's written a lot of reviews. A lot of reviews, yeah. <laughs> please, please cut down your answers for the sake of time. <laughs> so, what was your favorite? What, okay, just what did you do every day at VBS to kind of walk us through a day at VBS? Where did we start? Uh. You, did you color at first? Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd go in color. And then where did you go? Did you go to the uh, atrium? Uh-huh. What did we do in the atrium? Uh, we talked about, uh, the starting of Vacation Bible School. So yes. the lesson for that We'd have day. the opening. We'd introduce cool. the lesson. We had some actions. Then where did you go? Uh, to our classroom. Yep, to do what? The, uh, the lesson. Yep, and learn about your lesson. Good. So you had the four. Do you, do you remember? What was your favorite lesson this week? You had four of them. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of them? Do you remember Wait, the... Wait, wh- water on a rock. Water yes. from a rock. Water from a rock. Who hit the rock? And water came out. Do you remember what his um, name was? Moses. Moses. Good. Yes, sir. And then we had crafts, music, games, and songs. What was oh, your yeah. favorite song? Um, you asked for it at bedtime last night. Do you remember? No. Jesus Grace. I'm covered in Jesus Grace. How about games? What was your favorite game? Um, red light, green light. Red light, green light. Yep, that was a fun game. He Vicar really rocked the obstacle course, too. Oh, that's right. Did you like mm-hmm. the obstacle course? Yeah, he was fast. Yeah. Um, what else? Did you do crafts? You were telling us, what's your favorite craft you did? Um, that circle one. Yep, it was like a, was it supposed to be a well? Yeah. And what came out of it? Uh, water. Drops of water. And it was living water. Living water. Do you know what was written on it? What it do you remember what was written on the, the little water drops? Um, no. Probably something about Jesus, right? Yeah, because it was Jesus talking with the woman at the well. And he told mm-hmm. her he had living water. Anything else you want to tell us about VBS week? Um, no. How about snacks? What was your favorite snack you had? Did um, they have filet mignon the one day? There was there was some really fancy cuts of steak, wasn't there, on that last day? We really went all out for the snacks. Do you remember that? No. You didn't have a big steak? <laughs> no? Was there chocolate mousse? No. <laughs> no? Did they at least give you an aperitif between like your <laughs> between like maybe the cheese stick and the no. and the Paw Patrol juice? No. They didn't give you anything between courses. Wow. No. Oh, I will have to talk to the organizers. <laughs> anything else you want to share? Um, no. Okay. Overall, ten out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Mr. Critic. Yep. See you later. Give my hand, everybody. Look forward to reading your reviews. Bye. Bye.
Well, that was delightful. <clears throat> we did have VBS this week, and it went very well. Yes. Yep. The shark, uh, shark appearance. Yep. I had a shark costume that uh, I teased last episode of the podcast, and mm-hmm. I think I said Vicar was going to wear it, but I ended up wearing it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very entertaining. The the children actually did scream. They did. <laughs> yeah, the first time I appeared in the shark costume, I didn't give them any warning, and I just sort of sidled up behind the group of them. Yeah, that's on me, I guess. All right, let's get into our Sunday School lesson and readings for today. The theme has to do with a defined Christian. A Christian looks for spiritual wealth. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Our Sunday School lesson is David and Jonathan because it's the Eighth Commandment and being a good friend. We actually had that lesson, I believe, back in winter or fall. So we won't go through that lesson in detail. The last time we had something like this happen, we just kind of talked about the, the topic at hand more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kinda, let's talk about friendship. So it starts with, with King Saul's jealous of David. David's slayed Goliath and Saul's, rather than being excited for him, is sort of like, hey, you're stealing my... Stealing my thunder. Stealing my thunder, yeah. So he's jealous of David, and that, that leads to a lot of bad things here. First question, why is jealousy such a struggle in grade school, do you think? You know, because you're like, you kind, I think you're still figuring out what makes you you. Mm-hmm. Like, am I, am I cool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think being, being cool is such a, a dominant thought you have mm-hmm. when you're in grade school. Popularity seems Funny. to be so important, yep. So what what's sort of the currency um, for mm-hmm. coolness in grade school? Things like being funny. Yep. Can I tell the funniest knock Alex's knock jokes? Currency. Or even just a joke, <laughs> knock knock joke that makes sense, uh, <laughs> rather than just being a series of words that mean nothing. Um, or am I, am I the fastest runner? Yeah. Um, do I finish my test? the fastest oh yeah am i a good singer it's probably a little bit cutest clothes yeah i think yeah when you get older especially like junior high you start to think more in terms of like attractiveness and things like that and or yeah when it comes to clothes maybe another family has more money than my family does or you know so it's i can't afford the same types of clothes which doesn't seem very fair i always wanted an adidas uh those adidas like wind pants with the stripe Mm mm-hmm I had, I had I bet you had the, I bet you had the two stripes, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where people always like, known? where's the third stripe? Did the third stripe fall off? And you're like, yeah, I just ran so fast. The third stripe came off. That's These are definitely real. I, I didn't get these from a garage sale. Yeah. No, so I think jealousy, it really, I think you're right. It has a lot to do with not being comfortable with who we are, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to be different. And yeah. Saul, yeah, Saul's not comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't see what God has done for him and making him king so far. He just knows he wants to be in the spotlight. He was at one point. Now he's not. He doesn't like that. So maybe the added antidote to jealousy would be finding your identity in, in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, your contentment there. Okay, so the jealousy gets so bad that Saul ends up trying to kill David. Um, I like my note here. David became overwhelmed. <laughs> He yeah, did. The king of Israel, my dad's, or my friend's dad is trying to kill me. Maybe. I, I yeah. am overwhelmed. He, he uh, <laughs> shot a, a spear at me when we were eating dinner. Yeah, so he, he turns to Jonathan for <clears throat> advice, uh, which is interesting. I think that the reason this lesson has resonated for so many years in Christianity is it's not just that they're good friends. It's that Jonathan's dad 
is the one trying right. to kill David, and Jonathan's the one that's helping David the and most. And David was looking like he was going to be taking what should have been Jonathan's. Right. Yeah, I remember talking about that when we discussed this lesson before. I mean, Jonathan typically would be the next king. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's how it went. Your dad is the king. You're the firstborn son. Your your dad dies or abdicates the throne. You become king. But instead, this guy David. Instead, yeah. God had ripped the kingdom away from King Saul. Yeah. And actually sent the prophet Samuel to do that. You know, show it. Saul, you're done. And so now David's going to be king instead of Jonathan. Now, this would be a, a case where Jonathan could be very jealous. jealous. Yeah, so instead of jealous, he's acting like a wonderful friend. Support. So what have you learned about how God blesses us through friendship? Um. Wow, That's there's a lot there. Can I can. Start? I can start, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think my friends in my life, it, it seems like, you know, obvious, but friends in my life have been very important to me. Uh, and I think part of it has to do with, I went away to high school, so I, you know, was only an hour away, so it wasn't like I was on the other side of the country, but, you know, rather than going home every night, Monday to, you know, Sunday to Thursday, uh, I slept in the dorm, and just the being 15, 16, 17, 18, those foundational years, um, just being surrounded by guys who were very helpful in helping me figure out who I was, being comfortable in my own skin, to, you know, to very varying degrees, but also just being good supporters and encouragers and, and you know, guys that were willing if I was doing something that maybe wasn't, you know, going off on a bad path, guys that were comfortable calling me out, that mm-hmm. was very helpful. Uh, so I went to school uh, with, with some guys, you know, high school, college, and seminary. So we went to school for 12 years together. You know, my best friend, Danny, uh, I've talked about him before. We, we met each other when we were three. So yeah, we just, my friends have been really, really great in terms of selflessness and sacrifice and encouraging. So I can't, I can't imagine getting to this point in my life without the benefit of some very, very good friends. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, um, so I always prefer to be by myself without any friends. Yeah. However, because I also went to a school such as yours and then met you at Mm -hmm. college i realized it's really good to have a friend yeah like it's very helpful Mm -hmm. and we were friends before we started dating Mm -hmm. yeah which was i liked that Mm -hmm. it was nice that we didn't just like go on a date and get to know each other but we got to know each other like really as very good friends before we you know started going out to eat at Uh, that mexican place yeah was that place called i don't know i don't know but it was good good food very good food. yeah uh, okay, moving. Do you have anything else about friendship? Um, I think just you know when it comes to a friendship who can spiritually support you, that's like, you know, like your life could be falling apart, and you've got a friend who's gonna be there to remind you of mm-hmm. God's unmoving love and yeah. grace mm-hmm. and power. Yeah, and that's that's what you need to get through. That's all you need. Yeah, I just I'll say one more thing about being having good friends is just the ability to be yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the running themes we've had on this podcast is the need, um, or at least the perceived need to be fake yeah. and to keep up appearances for the people around you um, and looking strong when maybe you actually feel pretty weak or going through something difficult. And I mean, one of the, my favorite blessings of having friends is just that you can be yourself and not have mm-hmm. to worry about keeping up that facade or whatever word you want to use but i can just i can i can be who i am i can make my dumb jokes i can be (laughs) ridiculous and have people still care about me well and yeah and like on another level too 
you can be open with like a sin you're struggling yeah, with. Yeah, right. You know, like really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know this is your friend yeah. and that you can you can do that. Yeah. You need to tell. Yeah, and and then we should you know spin around from the other perspective and say it's we get the opportunity to do that for other people too. Right. So it's good for us to consider how we might be selfless and help others. All right, let's just finish the the account here, the narrative. So the, the two make a plan. Um, David was going to miss this religious celebration of the palace. He would have been expected to be there because he was an important person in Saul's kingdom. But he's gonna he's gonna not gonna go intentionally. If Saul's okay with it, you know, it would be a sign like, okay, David's all right. But if Saul's angry, it's a sign, all right, David, you probably need to go. And so on the second day of this festival, go as in, like leave, flee, leave, yeah. Right. So the second day of the festival, Saul realizes David's not there, and he is a little bit peeved, we <laughs> yes. might say. Quite livid. Yeah, he's mad. Angry, angry face emoji. Uh, so Jonathan, like a good friend, attempts to defend David, and what does Saul do to his own son? He throws a spear at him. Yeah. Yeah, so this dude's just like... Yikes. Throwing spears at anybody that's making him upset. Ooh. Not good. Kids at home, don't throw spears at people that make you well, mad. Well, and I mean, doesn't that show you how powerful jealousy is? Yeah. Like, how powerful that Sin had be. really taken hold of his heart at this point. So anybody that was going to contradict something that Saul thought right now uh, was just, yeah, I can't handle it. Not only am I angry, but I'm going to try to assault or even kill this person, even if they're my yeah. son. So Jonathan leaves the table. Um, the next day, he they had arranged this sort of signal for David to know if he should flee. Uh, Jonathan would go out shooting arrows, and you know if it was what depending on what you know the Jonathan told the servant boy about where to go get the arrows, this would be the sign for David to go. And he you know he gives them David the signal. David's hiding in the in the trees. You know you need to flee, but David can't bear to leave him without saying goodbye so there's this this lesson ends with this beautiful scene between two friends who've been through a lot encouraging each other and just promising we're gonna no matter what we're gonna take care of each other and each other's households and you see that when when jonathan ultimately dies in battle with Mm -hmm. his father um you know read through second kings you you do no not second kings second samuel you see uh david doing a great job of taking care of uh jonathan's household after he's gone all right, let's get into our, our first lesson, which uh, involves David's son Solomon. So this is, a, this is a good one. I think we actually had this as a Sunday school lesson. So this is pretty early on in Solomon's reign. At Gibeon, the Lord comes to Solomon in a dream and basically says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Blank check. Oh, wow. Not the movie blank check from the 90s, which <laughs> like I Macaulay loved. Culkin? Or which was I that a different kid? <laughs> no, it was a different kid. I don't think they did anything else than <laughs> blank check. Actually... One of our friends in college, um, when Facebook was first a thing, remember Ben Lyra? Yeah. Ben Lyra had a Facebook group called The Kid in Blank Check Spent Way More Than a Million Dollars. <laughs> the premise of Blank Check is this kid, uh, oh my like goodness, a ten, this 10-year-old gets his bike run over mm-hmm. by a, a mafia yeah. like boss, mob boss. And the guy's in a hurry, so he just gives the kid a check. Yeah. And so the kid you know, fills in a million dollars in the check, <laughs> the, hence the title Blank Check. And then, yeah, he buys, like, a mansion yeah. and a water slide like and all this stuff. Like a hot tub and yeah. his limo so, or whatever. You know, ben used the time very wisely and went watched that movie and did his best to, you know, sum up Calculate. all the things that, that this kid bought. And, yes, yeah, so then he started the Facebook group, which was, you know, had a really powerful message. The kid in blank check spent way more than a million dollars. And I joined immediately because, you know, you got to stand for what you believe in. Right. 
No, so he does. He basically tells Solomon, "Whenever you want, I'll give it to you." And Solomon's answer is is so good. Uh, he says, "You've shown great kindness to your servant." So he doesn't launch into what he wants. Right. He immediately right. focuses he on. God. Yeah, this is you've shown great kindness to your servant David, my father, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. So first thing he does is acknowledge how good God is. Yeah. Now the humility here. Uh, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. What an attitude to have wow. as you take on this role. I'm, I'm a little child. Like You're the most powerful man right. in Israel. Very, very you respected. You have all these people, the army at your beck yeah. and call. You have servants, and I'm only a little child. So God... You, you got to help me out here. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Uh, give awful. your child, a, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So basically, ask for a heart of wisdom. Yeah. God, help me not only know the right thing to do, but help me carry it out. Mm-hmm. So, of all the things he could have asked for, money, um, jewels, a jet ski. <laughs> Um, a girlfriend. <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah. Yes, for wisdom. I don't know why. But yes, for he, wisdom. Yeah, a discerning heart. Like that is that is awesome. Like yeah. such a what a powerful gift to like be given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the fact that that's what he he wants. Yeah. It shows you he already is right. pretty wise right. that he would ask for this. Absolutely. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, "Since you have asked for this, not for long life or wealth for yourself." Nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and ministering justice. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. So God's answer to his prayer is, yeah, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, this this lesson really fits in with that uh, theme of a Christian looks for spiritual wealth. Because, you know, Solomon could have asked for, like, heaps and heaps of money. But instead he asked for, you know, wisdom spiritual treasure and God says absolutely mm-hmm. and then you know if you keep reading God gives him abundantly the wealth and yes. the power anyway yeah um so God God's going to give us whatever we need but this Sunday really is about what what do you actually need yeah um just what's the one thing and it's spiritual wisdom mm-hmm. to know that I'm a sinner to know that I'm forgiven through Christ to know heaven is waiting for me that's the and to know top that of the top. my job is to bring a lot of people with me and we should you should note that Solomon had all this wisdom, but you know, sadly chose you know, in the latter half of his mm-hmm. life not to use it. Right. Um, fell into lots of different temptations, including idolatry, lots of sins against the sixth commandment. But as far as we can tell, uh, you can you know what we read Second Samuel and First Kings, and read the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solomon did end up coming back to God, did repent, mm-hmm. from best best we can tell, and, and is in heaven. And it's interesting reading Ecclesiastes. We did that for Bible study a couple of years ago. And here you, you just have this, the teacher, Solomon, mm-hmm. that's, you know, writing this book, clearly has so much wisdom and is also, like, world-weary. Like, yeah. he has wasted so much of his life on money, yeah. um, relationships with other people that he should not have engaged mm-hmm. in, just all, all this dumb stuff. And he, he's writing from this perspective of someone who's like, the only thing that matters is God knowing his forgiveness, serving him, and that's yep. it. Wow. All right. Our gospel, which I think I'm going to preach on, is three parables. Two of them are very short. Parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. So the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Wow. Pretty much the same parable, just told twice. I mean, it's it's Worth. someone recognizing the value yeah. of something that they would give everything they had in order to get it. Yeah. Um, I was doing some study on this this morning. Uh, one of the commentaries was talking about how people in these, this day would regularly take a third of their wealth and put it in cash for business, a third of their wealth in jewels so that they, if they had to flee, they could you know, very easily grab the jewels get on the run. And then a third of it they might bury uh, if they had to leave. And then they, their hope was that they'd come back and find it, but they didn't always come back. So this hidden treasure idea is, is very plausible. Yeah. Um, but the point, yeah, it's just recognizing the value of something that you would... It's worth giving up everything. Give up everything, everything. for it. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those parables that's so simple, Jesus doesn't have to explain it. Right. I mean, it's it's him. It's his word. Mm-hmm. Relationship with him is more important than anything else. Time with God. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. I just want to talk... The parable of the net is the, the next parable. And it's it talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. They collected the good fish in baskets and threw the bad away. That's how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Some of these parables the last few weeks Ooh. have these you know, strong furnace, fire, yep. judgment endings. Gnashing of teeth. Oh. But if you understand that, that judgment is coming, then the first two parables... Are like a no-brainer right you know so yeah. i think when i preach on this i'm going to flip the order and talk about the parable of the net first because yeah. it's rough it's like yeah the fish are thrown away but that's inevitable that mm-hmm. that's sort of the end is inevitable yeah. which i think we and everybody else in this world can sometimes deceive ourselves into thinking yeah i'm gonna live forever we know we're not but we act as though it's right. just gonna go on forever there will be no consequences mm-hmm. but the parable of the net is not a fun one it's just like yeah fish will be separated and there will come an end Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, then I should really take the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl, pearl yeah, to heart. I want to get, I want to give up everything for nothing else that. matters except that hidden treasure is the key to me going to heaven. God's word, His promises are the key to me going to heaven. Nothing else matters. There are so many other blessings in this life. That that's the line we we have to walk yeah. as Christians. Is like. We can't. We don't want to go too far the one way where we're like nothing in this world matters. So I'm going to go live. As a hermit, you know, the monk system, the monastery right. system, like all that matters is, is God and Jesus. Like I'm just going to go hide away so I don't you know, fall into the trap of loving the world. No, we, you can really appreciate, you should appreciate mm-hmm. the things that God has given us in this life and use them and enjoy them, but just not at the point, not to the point where you lose track of God's word and how and, important it is. Yeah, and not to the point where they're getting in the way of, like when they when they fill your life because mm-hmm. your life gets so full. Yeah. And then there's, so little time mm-hmm. for like you know personal yeah. bible study or time in you know time in god's word with yeah. your family or so just ask yourself consistently is is the pearl am i seeing the pearl yeah the hidden treasure do i do i recognize it and mm-hmm. if i'm not okay what needs to change what stuff right. needs to get thrown away yeah um that the visual of the fish getting thrown away i just was thinking about the sermon sermon today and just you know if you if you throw away God's word or your time with it, mm-hmm. you'll you'll be tossed aside at the end. The, right. the degree to which you treasure God's word will be the degree to which you are treasured mm-hmm. on the last day. Not yeah. not because God loves people any less, yeah. but you know, understanding of His grace is the key to heaven. And then uh, Jesus, it's kind of funny at the end. Jesus says, "Have you understood all these things?" <laughs> yes, they replied. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is where this is where a narrator would come in and be like, "No, they, they did didn't. not," because <laughs> yeah. they've got a lot to learn here, obviously. <clears throat> but you know, they think they do. They're not going to really understand all of this till you know, one, Jesus opens their mind um, after he rises from the dead, and two, that you're going to have to just go out and, and live it yeah. and and realize that Jesus knows what he's talking about. And then he uses one last picture. Every teacher of the law who's become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Wow. So the concept of opening up the Bible, and just, here's all these treasures. Some of them are very new, some mm-hmm. of them are very old, but all of them are priceless. Yeah. So that'll be the challenge in the sermon. Um, a wonderful challenge is just trying to figure out how to portray God's word as being that treasure. I think I'm going to talk about Indiana Jones. Let's oh. think about that a little bit. Sure. You know, just the, sure, we, sure. we recognize, you know, you've got the boulder following indiana jones like mm-hmm. that well-known thing like okay he's willing to risk his life for whatever this you know little trinket is Ooh. so you know that's the concept is how much is this treasure worth it's, i like it it's worth everything all right here's the song this is the sunday school choir singing the song in the second service this is i think the first verse mine are days that god has numbered i was made to walk with him yet i look for worldly treasure and forsake the king of kings but mine is hope in my Redeemer. Though I fall, his love is sure. For Christ has paid for every failing. I am his forevermore. Any phrase that sticks out to you? Um, Just the worldly treasure, I think. You know, I'm looking for worldly treasure when I have this, like, sparkly, mm-hmm. wonderful, amazing gift. Yeah, forsake already. the king of kings. It's just yeah. uh, the contrast between what I know and what I do. I think the this is a yeah. I, the Gettys, uh, you know the Get, we think of Getty hymns like in Christ alone. They've it kind of brought into their little enclave of musicians this, uh, this guy Matt Papa and I think Matt Bosworth, and they're good. This is one of their songs, and nice. it's just the 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 lyricism is just is really good. The and the the wordplay, you know, minor days that God has numbered, now is made to walk for Him. Yet I look for worldly treasure. So just like, yeah, I have <laughs> all contrast. this. God is God gives my life so much value, and yet I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go home look for worldly no, treasure. Thanks. So yeah, that verse and, the, and it's great. The Sunday School Choir is really they sing this one out. So it'll be good on Sunday just to be reminded what really matters. Which leads us into our final question: What have you learned about the value of spiritual wealth over material wealth? Well, I mean, it's just. It, it fills, like, every need. Um, there's always, you know, some ache of, like, emptiness <clears throat> in a, everything else. Mm-hmm. And it never quite fixes what you were hoping it would fix. Yeah. Never exactly, you know, makes you feel the way you thought you were going to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and just over and over again, you're let down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then with spiritual treasure, like, it, like, you overflow every single time yeah. you get to be in it you know yeah. yeah i think material wealth is so deceptive and the devil is so good at using it i think but he always has been but i think for whatever reason materialism in our culture has just become like it's not shunned it's not recognized as a bad thing it's just sort of like no this is what life is is you you get stuff and i, I think th- it's not even identified as materialism it's just this is this is this is what, what you do life i mean is. i think advertising has played a big part of it and it's just that this selling a vision of life that's about collecting experiences, things, avoiding discomfort. Yeah. So, but I think, like you said, whatever promise material wealth like offers, it cannot deliver. You know, you look at your bank account, and maybe it, it seems healthy, 
to you, you know, whatever you're, you've set is sort of like, we'll be okay if we have this much, but there's still part of it in the back of your head that's like, that might not be enough. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen in the future? There's just, there's kind of a low level anxiety you can have looking at your bank account, especially if, if you don't feel like it's enough. And so. And even, even when maybe it's plenty, yeah. plenty, plentiful, yeah. um, then you're worried about, you know, different things happening to it. Yeah. Or the fact that you're going to die. Yeah. And you're going to leave all that here. Even yeah. if that bank account is swollen to the yeah. point that you're like, I will never have a problem. My, the next generation will likely not have a problem. It's still like, what what good does this do me in heaven? I'm Nothing. not going to be able to bring money to the gates of heaven. So there's there's this anxiety that comes from trusting in material wealth versus, yeah, if, if I know God loves me and is going to take me to heaven when I die just because of who he is and what Jesus has done, then nothing beats that. Nothing beats mm-hmm. that. Uh, I've gone twice this week to see someone in hospice, and you know it's it's pain that this person is is in pain. And it's hard to hard to watch them. It's not not very comfortable at the end for them. Um, but yesterday I was I was doing a, a devotion with them and just talking about John three sixteen, and. And I just, they said to this person, like, everybody in this room loves you and they would do whatever you needed them to do. And this, you've lived your life doing that same thing. Like you've, you've loved the people in your life and you would do anything for them. And now you should know that's what God did for you. You know, mm-hmm. God loved you so much that he gave up his own life for you. So you think about someone recognizing a treasure and selling everything they have. Mm-hmm. God looked at us sinners and said, you're a treasure worth giving up everything for. So, yeah, I, I just got to tell this person that. And it's neat to see, like, they will not have anything at the end, but mm-hmm. they will have their Savior, and that will be enough. And God will welcome them into yeah. heaven. And I I just love, um, I can't remember exactly what verse it is, but, oh, the depth of the, oh, the depths of the riches of something you know, talking about spiritual treasure mm-hmm. and how there's like there's you just keep you keep uncovering more. Like mm-hmm. there's just always more treasure yeah. to be found. Yeah. And like it's just it's brilliant. Like mm-hmm. the more you the more you are engaged in scripture, the more you understand, the more you see that you don't understand and then the more things you start understanding. Yeah, and right. it's like this brilliant, wonderful thing. Yeah. Just builds and builds and yeah. builds. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's good for this week. We've got, it's Friday afternoon. We have an ice cream event tonight yes. at church. Most people will not have heard this by the time that ice cream event takes place. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that? You bought a lot of toppings for this ice I cream did. event. I did, yes. Gummy bears. Gummy bears, uh, chocolate chunks. Yep. Um, peanut butter brittles. Ooh. Burnicles. Sorry to those out, out there who have not allergies. Yeah, like sorry. my sister, Ashley, sorry. Mm-hmm. Marshmallows. Marshmallows, yeah. The only thing I didn't get that I really wanted was crushed Oreos. Yeah. But Oreos are so expensive. They are. And tonight <laughs> will be a failure because of that. <laughs> <laughs> last, last thing. One time, um, my older sister worked at a place called Freddy's, which was like a custard place. Uh-huh. And it was right across from McDonald's. And one of her coworkers had gone and gotten a Happy Meal at McDonald's. And it was like, it was like Disney, there were Disney Happy Meal toys. And there was always a princess. And so brought the Happy Meal back to Freddy's and somebody thought it'd be funny to put the Happy Meal toy in the custard machine. Oh, and dear. Yeah. So huh. the toy works through the custard, like giant custard machine and somebody was serving up a cone and on top of the cone <laughs> came out like um, 
the head of one of the Disney princesses <laughs> just perfectly placed on top of wow. the cone. So interesting. Yeah. Alex. Oh, like toppings. I see where. You're... Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, where is it? where is this going? Yep. The topping. Nice. Cool, man. That's it. Bye. Bye.